Well, we're the first official weekend in training camp has been underway and has come to the conclusion. Now we get set and gear up for the start of the regular season, of course, with some preseason games thrown in there and whatnot. But nevertheless, lots to get to now as things ramp up as we hit September episode 65 of the uh, night shift presented here. My friends, uh, Mike Stubbs, myself, Kyle Gamard, your host as always. You can follow us online on uh, on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it at Kyle Gramard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D at Stubbs 980 Stubbs spelled with two B's and you know Mike we got to get into a training camp the review how it went who stood out to you uh, a couple different things from there we also have to talk to a couple newcomers and also some coaching staff individuals and just lots to get to here Mike and uh, you know how was the long weekend for you of course you attended a couple days of training camp yeah, training camp comes and goes in a hurry. They scrimmage Thursday and Friday. The green and gold game was Saturday afternoon. And now the numbers are smaller. Now they practice and focus in on a preseason game on Saturday in London. That will be a 4 o'clock start and a preseason game in Sarnia on Sunday. That will be a 2 o'clock start and away we go. And it was interesting just talking with Sam Dickinson. We'll hear from Sam on a future episode of the night shift, but he said, this is going to feel like a long month. This is going to feel like a long month because he is that ready. And you see that in so many of the returning players, there is this business-like attitude among these guys. They have all come back bigger and stronger because that tends to happen. You especially notice it in guys who are going from 17 years old to 18 years old, just in the way the human body develops. But some of them look faster on the ice. Denver Barkey and Easton Cowan were pretty easy to spot during scrimmages and pretty easy to spot in the green and gold game. In the green and gold game, you would have one of their teams on a power play and they would be out on the power play and the power play would work the puck around a little bit. Next thing you know, whoever was killing the penalty, either Easton Cowan's gold team or Denver Barkey's green team, it would be Cowan or Barkey going the other way shorthanded, causing nightmares for anybody who might be back. So lots of goals in the green and gold game, but you know what? There's a lot of promise to this team, and you could see it on the ice just in the skill level, just in the way that the players were playing already. Sometimes training camp can feel muddy and mucky and not many cool plays are made, and that's just the way it goes because guys aren't used to playing with each other. You saw some really good hockey through two days of scrimmage and certainly through the green and gold game, and that in itself, Kyle, is a very, very good sign. Oh, yeah, it really is, especially this early, too. Normally, guys are are shaking a little bit of the rust off or they're slowly getting their legs back or trying to figure some things out. But no, this it sounds like that was not the case and sounds like everyone is geared up and ready to go. I wonder, too, Mike, if it has something to do with the fact that they know how close they were last year and the majority of that team has come back and, and their mentality is... Listen, we have unfinished business here. We were two games away from winning the entire OHL championships and, and booking our spot in the Memorial Cup. And I wonder if that's still lingering a little bit in some of the guys' minds and they are gearing up and ready to go. And they're also trying to hold a standard to any new new individuals coming in that, listen, we are not starting up slow. We are coming in hot. We are making our presence felt. And clearly that was on full display over the course of the weekend. I think you're going to see that. I really do. This team learned what it takes to get as far as they did. And it's not easy. And you have to experience that. And it's one of the things that the Knights 
have done enough where they usually have the pass the torch mentality. And last year, I think we still go back to that acquisition of George Diaco and how key that was for the London Knights, Kyle, because here's a guy who can go out and show you this is what it takes to win on any given night. This is the level you have to play at. Coaches can show you, coaches can tell you when you start seeing a teammate doing it, it's different. And I think we really look at George Diaco as being a catalyst last year. You look at the Knights record after he arrived because he came with that same mentality, that same style of play each and every night. And it helped. And now you've got a whole bunch of players who are going to already know off the hop, this is the level we have to play at to be successful. Let's aim to get there each and every night. And I just, I love that so much that that is that mentality. That's the, that's where everybody's at. And that's the message that is being sent. And if it does end up trickling down the lineup, that's the expectation. And that is a good thing to have, especially on a team with such high goals and high standards as, as we all know, the London Knights do. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching this group come together and watching how they all embrace that and, and put it all out on the ice. Absolutely. You could see the veteran defensemen as well. They really stood out in the way that they were able to control the play. And that's going to be a key feature of the London Knights this year. You never escape training camp without an injury. Will Nickel got banged up, so he didn't participate in the green and gold game. We'll hopefully find out more about his prognosis. Landon Sim is still out and is expected to miss the first few weeks of the season. The other note that we should tell from training camp, Kyle, before we get to some of the things that we're going to be doing on the podcast in the next few weeks, is Ryder Bolton. If you had fans taking their lineups and looking down to say, who's that guy? Who's that guy? because he was a player that maybe they didn't recognize. It was Ryder Bolton. Ryder Bolton, born in Atlanta, Georgia, was at London Knights training camp and is somebody that when he's on the ice, things are happening just because he is that player who gets involved in everything. And it isn't just because he drops the gloves at times, but he just he finds a way to be involved in everything. Something is happening when he's on the ice. And if you did any kind of search as to who Ryder Bolton is, there's a pretty cool six degrees of Kevin Bacon on this one. And that is Ryder Bolton is the son of Eric Bolton, who played 654 games in the National Hockey League. I think he's one of the longest serving Atlanta Thrashers. If the Atlanta wow. Thrashers were ever going to have a ceremony at City Hall and honor a player, I think Eric Bolton would be the guy that they honored for how many games he played in Atlanta. But he also played for the New York Islanders. And again, 654 games. And the games that he played, he played them in a way that it was tough sledding. It was, I'm going to earn my way into the lineup every night. And he did it. And that's a character trait that his son has. But as we look at the six degrees of separation, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you can go all the way back to 1995-96 and the Sarnia Sting. Eric Bolton played on that Sting team. Who was the head coach of that Sting team? That would be Mark Hunter. And now here is Ryder Bolton, his son, at night's training camp. So we'll see if Ryder gets an opportunity to maybe play in some preseason games. Kyle, he was talk of fans uh, on the concourse throughout training camp. It was fun. 
Well, and I can believe it too, you know, especially when, you know, his father played 650 plus games in the National Hockey League. There's always that name tie that comes into in a factor. But I like the fact that he's also getting notoriety, not just because of name recognition, Mike, but because of his play on the ice, his presence on the ice and how he goes about his business. That's a big way to stand out, you know, and if you want to kind of separate yourself and like, listen, I'm not you know, where my dad was a similar player that I think I can remember, Mike is, is Max Domi. You know, everyone ties that name Domi to Ty. And what do we all know Ty Domi for physicality, fourth line, bruiser, toughness, uh, energy and all that. And Max Domi brings a lot of those qualities. Don't get me wrong, but he is a very, very skilled offensive player as well. And I think that he made his presence felt on the scoreboard. And I feel like we're getting that from Ryder Bolton as well. Well, I mean, he he found a way to score on the green and gold game. He's a guy that's just going to get things done, whether it's a goal, whether it's a hit, whether it's a defensive play, a blocked shot. That's the kind of player that he is. So an 8-7 final in the green and gold game. Josh LePane had two goals. Uh, Caden Johnston had a couple of goals. Casper Haltonen scored a goal. We're going to hear from Casper later on in the podcast. And Evan Van Gorp, great story out of the Elgin Middlesex Canucks system, ends up with the overtime winner. His dad, Mike, tweeted, wow, what a way to cap off a great experience for Evan. Proud dad moment because after a missed chance for team gold at one end of the ice, there was a two-on-one the other way. Evan took the pass full speed, ended up scoring the winner. And that made it 8-7 and gave Team Green the victory. So we're going to talk about a trade that the London Knights have made. We are also going to hear from Casper Halton. But I want to let you know something else that we're going to be doing on the podcast over the next four weeks. Every Thursday, and some of these episodes may go live on the Friday, but what we're going to have is a preview of each division in the Ontario Hockey League. So this week, it will be the West Division leading up to a game against the Sarnia Sting and another game against the Sarnia Sting in the preseason. And then next week, we will have a preview of the Midwest Division as the Knights and the Erie Otters clash. Then we'll preview the East Division and then finally the Central Division leading up to the start of the season as the Knights open with a home-and-home against Central Division resident Niagara. So that's the way that the next four weeks are going to work with the second podcast that comes out each week. And we're going to be talking with someone in that market. It'll be a, a quick hitter on who is back, who are names that we need to know, what are the expectations of this team, just so that you know exactly who sits where as the season begins. So that is coming up over the next month on the night shift, but we'll have you ready for the 2023-2024 OHL regular season. And again, the Knights begin it on September 29th at home to the Niagara Ice Dogs. And then to end September, they go to Niagara the very next night. Kyle, we had a trade made. It it was Yogi Berra's deja vu all over again. Last year at this time, the London Knights acquired a 16-year-old defenseman by the name of Sam Dickinson. Had himself quite a year. And we'll get into that conversation of top players in the NHL entry draft rankings. He's already there, but watch how quick he moves up. This year, the London Knights have acquired Henry Brustevich from the Ottawa 67s. He was the 22nd overall pick in 2023, and they get Brustevich in exchange 
for three draft picks. So the way that it breaks down is the Knights send one of their own second rounders in 2027. They send Niagara's second rounder in 2025, which they already owned, and then a third rounder in 2027. And they get Henry Brustevich, whose name might sound familiar because the Knights and the Kitchener Rangers got together a whole lot last year. Hunter Brustevich is a member of the Kitchener Rangers. That is Henry's older brother. And this guy comes in with a great pedigree, a great resume. He already has really good size, a lot of high hopes. The Ottawa 67s had an awful lot of young defensemen. I mean, they've got two returning 17-year-olds. They've got another 16-year-old. So you've always got to watch your depth chart. And we're going to hear from Knights Associate General Manager Rob Simpson. We'll hear from Henry himself. And then I want to look at the Knights depth chart beyond this year because this move is key. And it's almost like Ottawa was able to balance out their depth chart this year, and the Knights were able to balance out their depth chart for next year. So already it's one of those win-win trades in that way for both of these clubs. But let's hear from Knights Associate General Manager Rob Simpson on the acquisition of Henry Brustevich. Yeah, we're extremely excited to be able to bring in Henry. He's a, you know, a defenseman that we really coveted highly in the draft and a guy that you know, we were debating even with our pick, you know, as it came, whether we go a forward or whether we go a defense and what to do there. So we like his, his package. Obviously, he's got size. Uh, he's got a really good stick, great one-timer. Um, a lot, lot to work with with the coaches and our development staff uh, over the next few years. The fact that he has a brother in Kitchener and maybe got a chance to see what the OHL was like, how much does that help? Yeah, it helps when the, especially the American players, when they've been through the program as far as a family member or, you know, sometimes their their dads have played in the league. It definitely helps because there's familiarity there with them where, you know, they understand what it's about. They understand the big building here in London and, and the bigger cities like Kitchener. And uh, it was kind of funny today. I was talking to him and he already said he's been texting his brother, chirping him about when they first play us this year so it'll be interesting game that first game i think (laughs) rob simpson talking about the acquisition of henry brustevich before we hear kyle from henry himself let's look at the knight's depth chart and and talk about why this deal matters in that way and why this becomes a real key deal for the london knights because if we look at the way that the depth chart is right now, you've got two overage defensemen technically, but Connor Federkow has been playing a lot of forward the last year. So let's move him up to forward for the argument here or the, the discussion here. So you've got Ethan sure. McKinnon, you've got Isaiah George, Jackson Edward, and Alec Leonard, who are all 2004-born players. And then you have Oliver Bonk, Sam Dickinson, and P.J. Fagan. So after this year, you're going to see a pretty big graduation. You're going to see Ethan McKinnon graduate because he'll be past his overage year. You're going to see Isaiah George go and play in the New York Islanders organization because he's that good. You're going to see Jackson Edward go and play in the Boston Bruins organization because he's that good. Alec Leonard, he isn't drafted, but who knows? This year may change that. So you don't really know where he would be. He might be an overage candidate. He might be a guy who is playing professional hockey. So that leaves you with three defensemen, definitely. Oliver Bonk, Sam Dickinson, and P.J. Fagan. And then the question has to be asked, because we have to ask it, what if Sam Dickinson is a top five, top ten pick in the NHL entry draft, and the team that drafts him elects 
to put him into the National Hockey League. This guy is physically mature, thinks the game so well. That's not out of the realm of possibility. All of a sudden, you have Alec Leonard, who is a possibility to return as an overager, Oliver Bonk and P.J. Fagan, and that's it on the back end. So, Kyle, this move allows the London Knights to bring in a player who for sure will be here and will be an impact player next year. And then if Daniil Ustinkov ends up coming over and playing, well, that's a big help too. All of a sudden, the depth chart is far more populated. Just shows in junior hockey, you can't just be focused on the present. You got to be thinking future too. Well, and that's what the Hunters have done so well with this team for so long, Mike, is they've been able to not only acquire players for the here and now, as we saw with guys like George Diaco, but they've also acquired players for the now and the future. They did it last year with Sam Dickinson. They're going to do it this year with Henry Bustevich. And it, it is really fun to see them play. It is like a chess versus checkers thing because, you know, you don't make the playoffs for 20 straight years for not thinking about your future. And and this is a league where so much turnover happens over the course of just a year. And we watch teams go all in for one single season, and then they need to build for a couple more before they get back into contention. It just seems like London has this revolving door of players that are not only here for the now, but then are here for the future. And all of a sudden when you think, Oh, I don't know how they're going to look next year. They go and they make these moves for not only the now, but for the future as well. So I love it for the Knights. It's a guy who comes in, who's going to play a couple of years within the team. And and listen, he had some big numbers playing for the North Jersey Avalanche for the U16 AAA team. You know, in 19 games in 2022-23, he had a total of 65 points in 60 in 65 games, 29 of them goals on the back end. So he puts up points wherever he plays. Hopefully he'll be able to come in and do the same thing for the Knights. He's got a shot in terms of he's got a big shot from the point, and he's somebody that is able to not have to jump into a top four, top two role, so he can certainly learn how things work in the Ontario Hockey League, and that's an added bonus. We had an opportunity to talk with Henry about arriving in London. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I've been here for uh, my brother's games against Kitchener, and city's awesome. Great energy, sick rink, so it's good. Let's talk about that for a second, because the London-Kitchener rivalry is really good already. Now the two of you just take it up a notch. Tell us a little bit about watching your brother play for the Rangers. Uh, yeah, uh, they obviously had a pretty pretty good uh, playoff run there last year, ended by the night, so that's good to see. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely the OHL, like watching my brother there has helped my decision to come here. And so could you picture yourself as you watched last year, maybe saying, you know, this this could be me. Kitchener's got an amazing rink as well. You saw games here. Did that really kind of set your path in that direction? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, definitely watching, kind of seeing myself out there. Definitely visualize that. So Hockey is such a small world. So you get here, and all of a sudden you're seeing guys that you've played against. Blake Aerosmith you played against. We're still learning about Blake Aerosmith. You probably know more about Blake Aerosmith than a lot of the Knights fans do. Tell us about him. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a great player, too. Uh, hard-nosed player that can score. And uh, he's not a guy that you want to play against. So, How about you? How do you play? Uh, I think I'm a two-way defenseman that likes to uh, play offense a lot, but also will take take care of the defensive side as well so you excited to get the season going super excited good luck thank you henry brustevich of the london knights 
When we look at the Knights this week, Kyle, there will be practices. The numbers are a, a little bit more manageable in terms of the number of players they'll have on the ice. There are extra players around because there will be quite a few players on the London Knights headed away to NHL training camps. And so that gives an opportunity for some young guys to maybe work into some preseason games. The Knights will take on the Sarnia Sting in their very first preseason games, Saturday and Sunday. It's Saturday in London at 4 o'clock, Sunday in Sarnia at 2 o'clock. And you can hear both of those games, and you can hear Jim Van Horn and I going on about who some of these new players are and going on about what the league can provide this year, having some conversations. Landon Sim is going to join us in the broadcast booth at some point because he's not playing. However, he'll be watching intently because his brother Lane is on the other side playing for the Sarnia Sting. And here's another aspect of the Sarnia Sting. Kyle, we saw them last year get to the conference final for the first time in their history. They had never been as far as they went last year, and the Knights ended up eliminating Sarnia in six games. Sarnia had done a lot to go for it. Sarnia had traded away some younger first and second round players, and they had brought in a lot of players and they went for it. Now, unfortunately for them, it didn't result in a championship. And now they are going to be dealing with a younger roster. And on defense, you're going to see a lot of names that aren't there. Ryan Mast is not there. Alexi Davio, Nolan Dillingham, their captain, Christian Cairo, not there. Ethan Del Mastro, who was so good. Ethan Ritchie, who was wow. so good for Sarnia. All of those guys have moved on. So all of a sudden, 17-year-old Lucas Fisher is one of the most experienced guys on the back end for the Sarnia Sting. Conversely, up front, the Sting have also seen a lot of players who aren't there anymore. Sasha Pastajov, Luca Del Belbeluz, not there. Nolan Burke, who scored so many goals for them. Ty Voigt is not there. And Marcus Limpar Lance is not returning as an import pick. He would have been an overager, and you don't see that very often where someone will use both an overager and a European import pick spot. So Sandisville Manis is still with Sarnia. They have also brought in Roman Kukenberg, who is another import player. But you see the difference. You see the players who are not there. One of the interesting stories for Sarnia, Kyle, is going to be Ben Godreau. He was not signed by the San Jose Sharks, so he attended development camp with the Tampa Bay Lightning this past year, and he'll probably get a look at a camp, a rookie camp in the National Hockey League. Does he find a way to earn a contract, or does he return to Sarnia for an overage season, and does he stay in Sarnia all season? That's, that's another question. So a lot of interesting things with the Sarnia Sting as they look to build again, but one of the things that they feel they have is a change in their culture where they, like the London Knights, went far, went on a long run, have guys who can say, this is what it takes to win. Let's go out and build that again. And I think that's that's a really healthy thing. I 100% I agree, too. And, and it's a very different situation for the Knights versus this year. You know, London's bringing back a very large portion of their group from last year. 
minus a couple of players. Obviously, with the trade, they bring in another defenseman as well. But, you know, the Knights have also been there before where there has been a lot of turnover, a lot of core guys, a lot of key contributors haven't been there. And London has found a way to not only rise above, um, but really show that they can continue to adapt and, and grow with the youth movement. And I think last year for Sarnia was such a big step for them in making it to that conference finals into showing that they belong. I mean, they had just an outstanding season. They were such a fun team to watch. So many incredibly high-skilled players. And I think a lot of the younger guys that were around that team noticed the bar get raised and think, okay, now this is where we have to live up to. And I think there's going to be some expectations over there. And I think that they're going to try and come through. And whether they live up to them or not, it's way too early to tell just with so many different bodies coming in. But it's fun to know that that is a standard now for them and that their expectations are raised. Yeah, love it. And love it for the rivalry between London and Sarnia. We waited a long time for a playoff series from 1999 to 2023. That's how long it took for the two teams to collide in the playoffs. And, well, they did it right. They did it in a conference final. And it goes six games. It was an exciting, you never knew who was going to win. In the end, the Knights won it. And we'll see if we can get a few more of those down the road. Before we close out, we had a chance to sit down with Casper Haltonen. And Casper's a presence. You'll notice it. Presence on the ice, off the ice, big size, huge shot. And we talked to him about the fact that he's been in North America before. I mean, this guy has played for Finland internationally all over the place. But here he is now living in North America full time. And we asked him because he's been here, what, a, about a week? We asked him whether or not there's anything he's already missing from Finland. First thing, of course, is like family and girlfriend and uh, all the friends that I have there. But, you know, it's uh, I've been here almost a week and I feel like home like already. And uh, I think the Billa family has made it easier and all the all the guys that are here, all the staff and players are you know making it uh, so much easier to you know come here and it's uh like i said it's already feels like home are we missing any food that you need or like when you go to the grocery store and there's like a drink that you need are we missing anything like that uh, no i you know it's like there, there's only like more fast food places than in finland but i think it's it's a you know almost a di- almost the same like uh, in finland uh, the food so it's not a problem all right. Well, I mean, you're a hockey guy. You're not hitting a lot of fast food places all the time. If there's a cheat day, do you ever go fast food? I'm not a like fast food guy. I would say like I would like to eat some, uh, you know, good uh, homemade wings or something like if there's a cheat day someday. But you know, so hot wings. You you a hot wings guy or yeah. honey garlic or hot? Definitely hot wings. We have a couple good places in Finland uh, in Helsinki, so I've been there. If we ever visit Helsinki, where do we go for hot wings? Um, there's uh, there's a couple place, places called Siipiveikot uh, and uh, Hook, like Hook. Okay. Uh, those those two are the best. Perfect. Well, w- one thing, and and this is going to make us sound really naive here in North America, but one thing we know about Finland is you love saunas. Is there a sauna somewhere in the night's dressing room? Have you found it? I haven't found it yet, but I I hope I hope there there's there is some like somewhere, but you know. That, Does everyone in Finland take saunas? Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, like that's uh, that's like our like the proud. We're proud of that. We're, that's like when you come to Finland, you have to like go go to uh, go to the sauna at least once. 
And then do you go outside in the cold or like into a lake? Like, is that true? Uh, These things happen? Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. We, we do that a lot to go like, uh, you know, to the freezing lake after a sauna and like go back and forth a couple of times. That's like, you know, and that's a very good thing for your uh, recovery, too. Okay. All right. So if, if we're working out, think about sauna and then cold lake. Yeah. Cold lake, sauna, back and forth a little bit. Okay. Yeah. We'll think about that. I like the hot wings idea in Helsinki maybe a little bit better. We're talking with Casper Alton. Let's talk about being drafted by the San Jose Sharks. What was that experience like for you? Um, uh, it's, uh, that was, you know, share that moment with my family and girlfriend and, and um, all the other friends that were there. And, and um, that was like dream come true. That was like one, one memory that would last forever. And, and uh, it was yeah, it was it was just unbelievable. I cannot find words to describe that. It, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Well, it takes you one step closer. Here you are in London. One of the things that stands out immediately to people who have seen you so far, whether it's in scrimmages or on video, is that shot of yours. What have you done throughout your life to help that, or did, did you just pick up a hockey stick at four years old and and you could rifle a puck? Yeah, that was like uh, I was I was probably. Uh, I was actually two months old when we moved to France when my uh, dad played his last couple of years there and and uh, I grabbed the hockey stick before I could even walk and uh, I would shoot, shoot with the stick and uh, tennis ball all around there and, and um, you know, I've always loved shooting pucks and everything since I grew up and that, that, that's been always my thing, you know. I love, like, shooting pucks after practice, and I love shooting pucks at my uh, summer house in Finland all, this, uh, all summer, and, and uh, that's just have been, like, my thing ever since. Is there a goal? Because you've scored a lot of big goals in your life. Is there a goal you ever let yourself think back about yet? Um, there's a couple, couple ones that I scored. My first, first goal last year with, with men's on... Uh, Spengler Cup in Switzerland and there was this huge crowd and when I scored the atmosphere was like unbelievable and that was that was definitely one goal that stood out for me and and um, then a couple years ago actually against Canada in the uh, under 18s in Germany I scored a 5-5 goal like a minute and a half ago and that was like the um, uh, round of uh, that was quarterfinals round, and uh, yeah, we won it overtime. So that was that was a big goal too, and I I will remember that goal. Well, there's nine thousand fans who will be in here every night wanting to see a few more of those moments. Casper, welcome to London. Thanks for this. Thank you very much. London Knights forward Casper Haltonen, and there are a lot of fans already asking when are we going to see Casper Haltonen between Denver Barkey and Easton Callen. <laughs> That's that's the fans' choice. If the fans were putting together line combinations, that's the one that they seem to want to see. We'll see whether we get that maybe even in preseason. Or is it like the NFL where you don't want to show too much? So maybe you save that for the regular season. But this is a guy who can score. This is a guy who is a second-round pick of the San Jose Sharks. And fans are going to love him. I, I 100% agree. Uh, man, can you shoot the puck? Holy, does he have, I mean, it's an NHL caliber shot. And I think at some point that experiment will come to fruition, whether or not maybe they want to spread the wealth with Denver Barkey and Halton in and Easton Cowan. But nevertheless, I mean, if you just look at those three and think, man, imagine them on a power play together, we might see that. Oh, 
Can't wait. Well, Kyle, we will have our first division previews on the next podcast. So we'll go through the West Division, Sarnia, Windsor, Sault Ste. Marie, Flint, and the Memorial Cup host, Saginaw Spirit. An exciting time around Spirit Land already because they know they're going to be there. Now they're building to compete once they get there. And it'll be a fun year, especially when you look at some of the matchups. The Knights and the Spirit will play each other four separate times. So we'll preview that on our next podcast. Yes, we will. And again, you can always follow along with the pod. If you want to follow us on our social media pages, it is at Kyle Grimard on Twitter, uh, G-R-I-M-A-R-D, at Stubbs980, Stubbs with two Bs. And like uh, Mike mentioned earlier on in the podcast, we will start doing divisional previews as we get set for the 2023-24 season. Kyle, look forward to it. Have yourself a great week. You as well, Stubbs. We'll uh, take care and we'll talk soon.